soil health remains a top-of-mind concern for many crop and dairy farmers. With spring planting season beginning, it's important to take proper steps before and after planting to better control water hemp. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report. Rodrigo Worley, UW Extension Cropping Systems Weed Specialist, says it's very hard to control water hemp once it's established. He provides advice on how to handle this weed and the impact that it can have on your yield. So water hemp, it's not that we cannot control it. Uh, the catch there is that it's very difficult to control once it's established, once it's up and running in your soybeans and, and corn crop. There's multiple reasons for that. But the main one is because water hemp has evolved resistance to several of the common herbicides that we apply post-emergence uh, to our crops. So management of this weed is uh, indeed very, very difficult from a post-emergence standpoint. And then as far as spreading throughout the state, uh, that's correct. Uh, we now see it uh, pretty much everywhere where corn and soybeans uh, are grown here in the state of Wisconsin. So it's a very, very problematic, and it has now become a very common weed throughout our cropping systems here in the state of Wisconsin. What is the impact that this weed has on farms? So when uh, not properly managed, uh, the first impact that comes to mind is yield loss, right? So if you're not properly managing this weed, this weed is going to be competing with your crop and is going to be reducing the crop yields. But I think this, this weed also has some other impacts in our farms, the way we manage our farms here in Wisconsin and also beyond. You know, historically, farmers, they used to use a different chemical approach for weed management, but right now, because this water hemp is so widespread, they had to change how they manage weeds in their operations. So now we're going to, you know, you're going to hear me talking a lot about, you know, we need to put an effective pre-emergence herbicide down. Uh, we need to use soil residual herbicides post-emergence with a post-emergence program. And that's because of this water hemp. It has really changed how we manage weeds in our cropping systems. What advice do you have for growers as we move into the spring planting season to really be able to best handle this invasive weed? So the farmers that will soon start planting here, the first advice we have this time of the year is not to let that planter get too far ahead of the sprayer as we establish our crops, especially when thinking about soybeans, okay? So when planting your soybeans, most of the effective herbicides that have effective residual activity for water hemp control, the recommendation is that we spray those herbicides at or shortly after planting. So just having a solid plan that as soon as the crop is in the ground, those residual herbicides uh, will be sprayed. That's the number one recommendation uh, this time of the year. What about throughout the year then to continue to control it once that seed is in the ground? So what we recommend to growers is the moment they plant, you know, have that soil residual herbicide applied. And then three to four weeks afterwards, you know, start scouting those fields. And as some of that water hemp starts to emerge, that would be the ideal time to be triggering an effective uh, post-emergence application. And if water hemp is a problematic weed in those fields, the time of that post-emergence application is also recommended that growers include a residual herbicide at that point. And this is what we call this layered residual approach, where we have a residual herbicide being applied at the time of planting and also a little more residual herbicide being applied at the time of a post-emergence uh, application there. So, And the, the reason for that is because water hemp has an extended emergence window. So here in Wisconsin, water hemp starts terminating late May, and it's going to continue to germinate until July, sometimes uh, even later 
all depends on that canopy closes of that crop. So that's why we have to rely on residual herbicides for management uh, of water hemp. Are there any concerns regarding water hemp control with those residual herbicides? Yeah, that is an excellent question. So when we're thinking of corn soybean rotation, most of the herbicides, assuming growers are using the labeled rates or paying close attention to the labels there as far as rate goes for the different soil types and also the application times, usually in the corn soybean rotation, there aren't as many concerns. Uh, where we get concerned is where we're talking more diversified cropping systems. For instance, if you're using residual herbicides and then you're going to plant alfalfa afterwards, or if you're in a soybean system and then a farmer intends to plant a small grain in the fall following soybean harvest or perhaps uh, oat crop in the next spring. In those scenarios, what we urge growers to do is before they spray to go and check the label, you know, the planting intervals from your application to your next crop. So have a solid plan, you know, as far as, you know, understanding that label, understanding what crops will be planted next, just so those residual herbicides do not become a problem uh, in your cropping system. And then the other thing that I want to mention, and this is some of the work that we're conducting, you know, we now recommend residual herbicides because we have this, you know, this water hemp that has evolved resistance to post herbicides, okay? So to control, you know, this weed, we recommend residual herbicides. As growers start to adopt more and more residual herbicides, what we're starting to see now is this water hemp starting to evolve resistance even to residual herbicides, and that's some bad news. And that's why we're always telling growers, always mix, you know, effective active ingredients, at least two, use them at the right rate, and whenever possible, you know, change. So don't use the same thing over, over, and over again, because by doing so, this is how we promote uh, resistance. You mentioned that it is starting to become less effective in a sense that residual herbicide, that weed is getting stronger. What research have you done regarding that or what research is going on to help figure out what is the future then to really mitigate this? The best way to mitigate this is to use a holistic approach, a truly integrated approach. So we need effective post-emergent herbicides. We need effective pre-emergent herbicides. But we also need to do whatever we can so this herbicides, they remain effective, okay? So our main strategy there is, you know, check what are the options that you have inside that jug. But also we tell growers to think outside the jug. So other options that we're looking at is good agronomic practices. What can we do to promote fast canopy closure in our crops? So water hemp, when it's emerging and establishing, is a very small seedling. It's really sensitive. It's not very competitive. So if you have a competitive environment around that seedling, that weed is not going to be problematic. Now, let's say you're in a 30-inch soybean system, you plant it late, that canopy is going to take forever to close, and that gives water hemp a tremendous advantage. So I just keep mentioning soybeans. Some research that we've done, we looked at narrow row spacing, so 15-inch uh, row spacing versus 30-inch row spacing, and just by switching from 30 to 15, that canopy closure happened about 7 to 10 days sooner in the growing season, and that had a tremendous impact as far as helping suppress water hemp and prevent further water hemp from establishing later in the season. So those are some of the things that our growers can do to help control weeds. The other thing that we are talking about is cover crops as well. Uh, we have several growers out there that are, you know, adopting cover crops or they're interested in cover crops. Through our research, what we're learning here is that if you manage your cover crop properly, 
in the sense of letting the cover crop accumulate enough biomass in the spring, that cover crop biomass can definitely help with weed suppression in the season. So these are, you know, we have a combination here, as I'm talking about, of chemical and non-chemical strategies for more sustainable weed management approaches. What are some other invasive weeds that farmers should be aware of now moving into spring? So one that we always talk about is Palmer amaranth. So just a little more information here. So water hemp is native to Wisconsin. You know, it's everywhere. We're spreading it via equipment, our combines, when they go around, we're spreading it from field to field. But water hemp is actually native, okay? It's from this part of the world. Palmer amaranth, which is a water hemp cousin, is also a pigweed species. It's not native to this part of the country. But we're concerned about this weed because this is the number one problematic weed in the southern U.S., in cotton-producing regions, and also in parts of the Midwest, especially as we were thinking about the southwest part of the Midwest. I'm just looking at Nebraska, Kansas right now. Palmer emerald is a very troublesome weed in those states. What do we do here in Wisconsin? We oftentimes will bring either cotton seed or seed, right, for dairy. So by bringing, introducing feed here or bringing equipment from those regions, oftentimes we can bring weed seeds, Palmer emerald seeds, and that's kind of happening uh, here in Wisconsin. So we're seeing an increase in the number of detections of fields with uh, Palmer emerald infestations. And that's something that we tell our growers to keep an eye on. And then as far as other weeds go, giant ragweed continues to be a problem. We're always so focused on water hemp that sometimes we forget about giant ragweed. But giant ragweed is also a problematic weed uh, here in Wisconsin in our corn and soybean production systems. And then finally, some of the weeds that are not as problematic as far as herbicide resistance goes, but we're seeing more and more are the annual grasses. So the foxtails, barnyard grass, fall panicum, and also some of the large seeded broadleaf species such as uh, velvet leaf and cocklebur and so on. And the reason why we're seeing more grasses and then some of these large seeded species is because our chemical programs, they have become what I call water hemp centric. They're really focused on water hemp, but they don't necessarily control this other weeds. So for the growers out there, just keep an eye in your fields and adjust your programs uh, accordingly because oftentimes we have, a, you know, more weed species in our uh, weed seed bank other than water hemp. That was Rodrigo Worley, UW Extension Cropping Systems Weed Specialist. To learn more, go to whiskweeds.info. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.